0: Thank you, everyone, and happy birthday, Catch the Fire, Raleigh Durham. This is exciting, and, um, you know, we don't take it for granted. You know, the Holy Spirit has been with us through the journey, and um, as Duncan said, we, we started with something very small, and we are so grateful that we are family that we've become family, we are the shining ones full of the Holy Spirit, Um, and, you know, I'm just delighted. And in Psalm 36, it's quite a long psalm, 136, the ancient Israelites would say, his love endures forever. So for the last 13 years, God has carried us through as a church his love endures forever. He set us free and delivered us, his love endures forever. He joined us together as a local church in the triangle, his love endures forever. And um, it's good seeing Erin and Jackie, Ned and Rosie, Joanne. How many of you in this room were here during the first year? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look, and so many that have come later, we are so blessed. And as Duncan says, many leaders have come here to be equipped, filled with the Holy Spirit, and sent out to the nations. And, um, you know, sometimes that gets harder and harder being a, a resource church and a sending church because we have to say goodbye to people that we love. But ultimately, the kingdom is spread, the message of of God's kingdom grows, and we all get to celebrate. And, you know, we can celebrate the past with thanksgiving, and we can live in the present and look to the future, because our future is going to be more glorious than our past. And we have just entered the, the new year after Rosh Hashanah. Um, it's actually the Shemitah year. I don't think I said that very well, but it's the sabbatical year. Did you know that? That this year is crowned as the year of rest. And how many want a year of rest after all that we've been through? And, um, you know, those of you in the room and those who are watching online, you know, we've all had a go of it, right? This year, the last year or so. But God has crowned this year a year of rest where everything is with ease and rest. And we in the Holy Spirit can cease from our striving and strive to enter into his rest. How about that for an oxymoron? We can strive to enter into his rest. We can enjoy the flow of the Holy Spirit crowning our year with bounty and goodness, anointing the work of our hands, anointing our words, we can begin to rely on him even more this year and begin to see the goodness without trying hard, trying at our own strength, but really trying with the Holy Spirit. You see, the devil always wants us to regret our past and our failings. He wants us to avoid the present and not live in the now. And he wants us to escape to a future where we're always thinking it's gonna be better. It's gonna be better on the other side. The grass is always greener. But God wants us to, to enjoy the here and now. And so today we celebrate the here and now that God is with us, he's got us to this place, and he's got awesome things for us. And as we said, it's Connection Sunday. I love Connection Sunday at the beginning of the year. It's a year as a church family that we want to come together for a fresh encounter of his transforming presence and to be transformed, not just on a Sunday morning, but to be transformed in our connect groups, in a smaller setting, so that we can um, begin to affect our world affect those that we run into, the ones that we see on a day-to-day basis. And today, we come together on a Sunday to celebrate and allow the corporate anointing to take us to the streets, to our workplaces. And connect groups are an opportunity to be family. You know, family is broken down into smaller groups, right? You know, um, thankfully, we're not part of a family with 400 kids or anything like that. Can you imagine trying to to remember? But we're family units, and and Connect groups are an opportunity to break down and become family together. And a family where every hurt is noticed, all joys and events are celebrated, every miracle becomes an epidemic or a pandemic. No one is in need. Everyone feels loved and cherished. No one is lonely. All disease and injury is seen as an opportunity for a miracle until the moment it goes. Every weakness is embraced and turned into a strength. No history is frowned upon. No future is accepted other than the Father's best. How about that? All your potential becomes reality through heavenly possibilities. And it's a place where our identity is known, known and affirmed, and it's a community of safety. That's what God intends, that we would be a family on mission that we would know all those things, that we would begin to manifest those things, begin to walk in those things and experience them, that we would be able to be vulnerable and honest and that we would see ourselves as learners, lifelong learners, not only receiving but also learning to give away what we've received from God, which is abundance, that we would receive love and encouragement and equipping, and that we would give that away to others. Brené Brown, who we all love, she just says things in a way that we're like, yeah, she makes sense, and she talks a lot about connection and vulnerability, very highly trained, but makes sense to me. She says, one of the greatest barriers to connection is the cultural importance that we play on going it alone. Somehow we've come to equate success with not needing anyone. Many of us are willing to extend a helping hand, but we're very reluctant to reach out for help when we need it ourselves. Any of this ringing true? It's as if we've divided the world into those who offer help and those who need help. The truth is we are both. Both. We need each other. Love needs. Love needs each other. Love says, I can't go it alone. And, you know, we have believed lies in our culture, lies in our family that says, we don't need you. I don't need you. But God's family is about dependence, just like the Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father are dependent on each other. That's how we're called to be. What is love then? 1 John 4, 7 to 12 says, John says, "'Dear friends, let us love one another, "'for love comes from God. "'Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. "'Whoever does not love does not know God "'because God is love.'" This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. You know, the love The completeness of God's love is actually manifested in the way that you love another. And you can't say that you love God if you don't follow that by loving your brother or sister. And it goes on in verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this commandment. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. This is the commandment. So it was God's intention that we would grow in connection and dependency and love with one another. That we wouldn't be those islands that says, I don't need you. I can live my life without you. We need each other and we are created for community and connection and to be one another's support system. That's not weakness to say that we are each other's support system, that we remind each other of who God is. We encourage one another into greater things and we love and comfort and bear one another's burdens when we need that. So how do we learn to love? Well, I think there are three journeys that really begin to help us in our walk with God. And the first one is the upward journey, which is really about connecting to God. That we begin to receive who God is, that we... We spend time with him. We begin to see his perspective of who we are. We begin to receive his love as a father. You know, Jesus showed us the way to the father. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. We need to learn to connect to God as father. We need to connect to him as Jesus, the son. And we need to connect to him, the Holy Spirit. We need to receive his love constantly. I don't know about you, but almost on a daily basis, my heart can get out of sorts. I need to keep my eyes on him. Jesus, the perfecter, author and perfecter of our faith. And if we we lose track of him, it can go badly for us. It's almost as though all's well in the world when my eyes are back on Jesus. You know, so easy. We, we get s- strayed away by things that are said or done or things that we read about. The second journey is the inward journey or connecting to yourself. What do I mean by that? I mean that we connect to his inward voice, that we keep our conscience open to the Holy Spirit, that we just, we receive the gentle corrections of God rather than the, the, the big changes. You know, as we keep our eyes on him, we begin to get in touch with our own hearts, don't we? We, we begin to see the good and the bad and the ugly and our sinful nature and our bad reactions and our judgments. And the things that are still triggering us with pain and the the people that we're like looking at with judgment. And we we begin to see the self-hatred and some of the woundedness still. But, you know, as we begin to... Check in with ourselves. Where are we at? Where are we at with our healing journey? Where are we at at the moment? Do we need to have another round where we sit down and have some prayer ministry? You know, we've, we've always advocated restoring the foundations, and we've got Jackie and Marcelo over there. Give us a wave. They are a wonderful couple to help you, and I think Frank and Cheryl were here earlier. But people that will help us be like the vine dresser that cuts off the branches in us that don't bear fruit. You know, we want to bear fruit constantly, but sometimes we need help from another person to pray through or to pray deliverance prayers over us. Um, Duncan and I are going for another round next week um, of trauma counseling because we want to keep getting free we're aware that when we get in touch with what's on the inside that it doesn't always look good and you know the thing is when it's not good we actually spill to one another we spill to our spouses we spill over to our kids we want to spill over good things the third journey is the outward journey where we connect to other people That our walk of faith is not only me and Jesus. Jesus and me. It's actually Jesus and me and y'all. Y'all, y'all. That's what I've learned in 13 years. All y'all. Which is a southern way of saying every one of you, right? You all. That we need to have a journey where... It's not just about ourselves and our little walk with Jesus and our little time with Jesus, watching my um, service alone. It's actually how can I give? How can I serve and how can I connect to others? I'm recognizing that what you receive will be multiplied when you give it away. You know, the love that you've received, the freedom that you've received Those things, the gifts that you've received, the the equipping that you've received, those things will multiply as you give away. This is our life's rhythm that God intended that we would have these three journeys so that we don't become constipated. And, you know, constipation is not good for many reasons, but it stops the flow. Do you know what I'm saying? The flow of life. And we need to have a good flow Um, so that we become healthy, we remain healthy, and that we, we don't shortchange our time with Jesus, our time in the Word and prayer, but we also connect to what's going on, you know, and then when we're with others, other people can help us if we have blind spots, right? Are you seeing something in me that I'm not recognizing? And that keeps us all safe and Walking in truth together when we do that. Jesus gave us the great commandment. You know, he also talked about the, the, the great, uh, sorry, the, he gave us the great com- commandment to love the Lord our God. But he also gave us the great commission. And we know this when he spoke to his disciples before he left. Matthew 28 verse 18. He talks about all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. But then he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see, when I was younger, I thought that that was just what you said when somebody was water baptized, that I baptize you in the name of the Father. And yes, we can use it for that. But what I didn't really understand the fullness was when you go and make disciples, Jesus says, I want you to immerse people so much in the truth of their identity in the Father that you know that you're a son or a daughter that you know that you've gone from rags to riches, that you've gone from being an orphan to a son with inheritance. Baptize people when they come to know Jesus first and foremost in their identity because if they know who they are, they'll know what they're called to be. And then he says, go and baptize them in the name of the Son. Go and show them that they're one with Christ. They've been seated in heavenly places. That they walk in the same authority that Jesus gave them to, to heal the sick and cleanse the lepers and deliver people from demons and raise the dead. If that is the message... Just going beyond, you know, you're saved and you're going to heaven. No, you've been saved with a purpose on this earth. You've been given more than that. And in the Holy Spirit, introduce them to the Holy Spirit as their best friend. Introduce them to the Holy Spirit as their teacher. But introduce them to the Holy Spirit who wants to baptize you with fire. Don't introduce them to a a Christian life without the power without being plugged into the power. I read a study yesterday that said 40% of Christians in the U.S. don't believe that the Holy Spirit is needed. What? How can you live a powerful life on this earth without the power of the Holy Spirit? You might as well just go straight to heaven as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how you can really be born again. But Lord, you know, help us. May we be the messengers of your presence and your power, that we don't just talk about you, Holy Spirit, but we go and demonstrate, and that we walk in that knowledge ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. You see, Jesus talked about the way of the cross It was about radical connection. And I forgot to say that that was the title of my message. (laughs) Radical Connection. Because it's Connection Sunday. And in Mark 8, 34, Jesus talks about losing our life to find it. He talks about radical love. Making it count. He says in verse 34, whoever wants to be my disciple... Must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. This is the upside kingdom, upside down kingdom, that we give away our life, that we deny what we want to do in the flesh for what Jesus wants us to do in the spirit where we live a life in the Spirit, those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And that's who we're called to be, that we would be so radical that we know as sons and daughters when the Holy Spirit whispers to do something, to step forward, that we'll do it, that we'll deny our reputation, we'll deny our time, we'll deny some of our resources, and we'll deny keeping some company, Because we want to lose it for Jesus, for his kingdom, so that we would find it. We would find the the glory of that. You see, after Jesus left, you know, he said he would send the Holy Spirit to make it easier for the disciples to do their job. And Peter, after he had been baptized in the upper room where tongues of fire fell and there was a mighty rushing wind, the disciples spoke in tongues and they were scattered all over the place. And Peter was so full of boldness in Acts 2, verse 14, that the fire of the Holy Spirit was burning so much in him that he just got up and preached to the crowd with boldness and courage. That was otherliness. That was sometimes, you know, when the Holy Spirit takes over for you, you're like, who was that? Who was that speaking just then? You know, we've had moments where the Holy Spirit fills our mouth and we're like how how were we so clever to even say that? That is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that he wants to come on you in surprising ways at surprising times. And he got up and he began to say in verse 15, don't worry about these people. They're not drunk as you think they are. It's only nine in the morning. They are full of the Holy Spirit. And this is what was prophesied in the book of Joel. Now, he made reference to the book of Joel because these people were Jewish people and had read the scripture that says, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy young young men men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy and i will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming and the great and glorious day of the Lord. And it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is the promise right now, that the Holy Spirit will cause people to respond in such a way that they, if they call on his name, they will be sa- saved. Because the sons and daughters begin to prophesy And begin to declare the things that God has for them. And the people were so taken aback by Peter's message that they were convicted to their heart. They began to say in verse 38, after Peter said this. Because he went on to say something that wasn't an easy thing to say. Part of his message in the power of the Holy Spirit was to actually say, repent and be baptized. You know, there is a cutting edge that's coming where we need to begin to be truthful with the truth. Where we say, no longer are we going to tolerate sin. That we are in an age where the fear of the Lord is returning to the church. where Where we know God wants us to be holy and separate with him. Where we are not afraid to say the way to the kingdom is to repent and be baptized. And for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit. So it's a gospel that speaks the truth. Repent for the forgiveness of your sins and be baptized. But you will receive the Holy Spirit verse 38, and the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. God is looking for a church that's not lukewarm, but he's looking for us to be hot, where we're not afraid to speak his truth, not all the variations of the truth that we hear at the moment, but we speak the truth of the word of God and unashamed in the boldness and he goes on to warn the people in verse 40 to save yourself from this corrupt generation this message hasn't changed has it saved yourself from this corrupt generation we feel like we can feel all that now you know there are signs in the sky there's billows of smoke on the west coast and these are the times these are the times that Peter was talking about So after he says, save yourself, guess what happened? Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Can you imagine, church family, where we begin to be so radical that people start saying, when can I be baptized? And 3,000 were added it's time. Just do it. Just get out and do it. We'll, be, we'll get the baptismal pool ready for you all. But this is the challenge to us, right? And then it goes on to say, because of this radical love and radical connection, it said that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number. He did it again, those who were were being saved. You see, and all they were doing were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, breaking bread in the temple. This signifies being together here in the temple, but in people's homes and in coffee shops and in offices, And they gave sacrificially and shared everything. And miracles and wonders were performed, and there was multiplication. Basically, it was a spiritual dynamic, a supernatural dynamic that was beginning to happen. That as the people began to get more sold out and radical to the truth of the Word and what was being said and the invitation to be a disciple, a radical disciple, the Lord began to multiply those that were being saved and many signs and wonders were being performed. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a very exciting life to have in Jesus. And I believe we're in a time where God is calling us to a a greater degree of engagement and connection. Not because we feel we've got to do it, And we've got to make sure everyone's accounted for. But because we're hungry for God to crash in and transform lives more than our own. That we're willing to give up our time, give up our lives to find true life. Abundant life that Jesus talks about. There's a dynamic that is waiting. There's an invitation for us today. And on this Connect Sunday... We have an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to fill us with so much boldness, so much fire, and live in that dynamic of those three journeys, inward, upward, inward, and outwards, that we begin to make a difference, not because we're special, but because we know who we are and what we're called to be, and that he wants to come and anoint us in this new season, this new year that we find ourselves in. Can we have Ian back, please? God wants us all to feel loved. We can enjoy the lap of the Father, but we can't stay there as children, right? We have to jump up. And get out and and go and meet the sons and daughters that are still lost and need to come home. That is ultimately the reward of the gospel. That we would find our life in him and we would give it away. That we would be, as 1 Peter says, verse 4. can't remember the chapter. You are are living stones being built into a spiritual house. We are the living stones to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus loves our sacrifice, He loves our hearts that we realize we're living stones. We're being built up into a wall, a temple a dwelling place with one another. I need you and you need me. We need each other. Why don't we stand right now and just let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and do what he wants to do this morning, this afternoon. You see, that quote at the beginning was about the rugged independence, the fundamental Belief that we've bought into that we don't need another person that we are part of the kingdom of heaven the culture of heaven and the culture of heaven says that we need each other I don't have to be ashamed to be loved I am worthy of love And therefore, I'm worthy of sharing my life with one another. And I'm no more important than anyone. We have different roles as living stones, but we are just as valuable to God in his sight. You see, there's a fear of people seeing who we really are. Fear of being authentic in case I get rejected. And so we wear a mask, not the cloth type, but we wear a self-protection, self-preservation that says, don't come near to me because you'll find out that I'm not worthy. And shame stops us from opening the door to being vulnerable and to being changed By somebody else's love. So, right now, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Father, would you come? Would you come and break off every lie that I've believed? And if you want to join me, just repeat break off every lie that I've believed that I don't need anyone else in my life. I break off that spirit of independence that keeps me separated from my brothers and sisters, that resists me being family together. And Father, I ask that you would come and reveal your heart of love to me, That I would walk beyond the wounds of my own father and mother and family. And I would begin to embrace your family on the earth. That you are the perfect father. And you're the father of all creation. Thank you that you're my daddy. And I thank you for my brothers and sisters here today. That you've made us to be family. Would you teach us how to love one another? Would you help us, Father, with our connection to you? That upward journey. And that connection to our own hearts that we would see who we are and where you want to change us, Lord. And would you show us, Lord, who our neighbor is, those outside of ourselves. Would you make us willing disciples, Jesus, first and foremost of you, And then being willing to lay our lives down to disciple others. And we ask Holy Spirit that you would right now give us a spirit of discipleship. That where it's been hard for us to do it, that you would come with your anointing. Just begin to ask him to pour out his spirit on you. That you would give us boldness and courage without fear and to go beyond myself and my needs to lay our lives down for others, Father. Would you come and make that a supernatural experience that when we call on his name, he comes to us. And I ask Holy Spirit for boldness, boldness and courage to go beyond our borders to go beyond what we feel comfortable, Holy Spirit. Would you challenge us to become the bride, the holy priesthood that you've called us to be? Would we enter into your rest, that we wouldn't strive to make this happen, but we would receive the Holy Spirit? And I just want to invite any of you to come out that would like to receive a touch of the Holy Spirit, that this is a supernatural, this is a supernatural dynamic and he wants to pour out right now on every person that says, I need your help, Holy Spirit. I need your help to be a better connector, not just to others, but to you and to myself, to be obedient When you call me to be obedient, Holy Spirit, right now, in this new year, would you come and anoint every person with a fresh, fresh outpouring, that spirit of connection? That Holy Spirit, you will make us radical in our love for Jesus and our love for others, that you would keep us from walking in error we can have the ministry team just to come and bless the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that there would be signs and wonders manifested in our workplaces, in our homes, in our connect groups, in our families. And that there would be a spirit of multiplication, that you would bring in the lost and the hurting, Father. That we would set them free in the name of Jesus We ask, Holy Spirit, for those that are searching for you, would we find them, Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit to give you a burden for your neighbors and for your work colleagues, for your neighborhood, that he would give you boldness to to pray, to minister, and to share the love of God. Holy Spirit, we ask you, come, pour on us, pour out, Holy Spirit.